When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the Winning Plays Podcast on the CLNS Media Network, the leading online provider for the NBA's winningest franchise. All right, Winning Plays Podcast is back and NBA free agency is here. My name is Brian Robb, joined by Chris Forsberg of NBC Sports Boston for this edition of the Winning Plays Podcast. Chris, this is pretty dangerous territory here for us, (laughs) recording uh, a preview podcast with roughly... Mm -hmm. 30 hours ago before the start of NBA free agency, but damn it. Like we're not going to no no trades are going to blow this up or, or are they? What's, what's, what's our prediction here? We, we are, uh, do we, do, do you have like Twitter up invisible just in case? Cause I yes. feel like, yes, we can react in real time. I think, I think we did this last year and we said, do we give it like an hour before something happens or, uh, I feel bad if uh, my podcast producer is watching this going, how come we haven't done a podcast this week? Uh, no, that's because I'm certain that as soon as this gets over, because Chris is smarter than me. Because Chris is smarter than me, that is why you guys are waiting till after uh, something actually happens here. But there has been movement around the league in the last week. I mean, this is. I mean, we could we could really just throw around some Kevin Durant trades for the next few few days, like you guys did at um. I've already done that. Boston last year. Yeah, you already so done. done there, done that. <laughs> but we can actually talk. I do think that's worth talking about a little bit later. Just for sure. the uh, not not actually like the trade part of it, but like if there will be under any underlying impact left over there, Ooh. or perhaps potentially um, hurt feelings, if you will, yeah, after the fact. But for now, I think item number. Oh, I'll I'll throw it to you this way. What Ooh. uh, what do you expect to happen first here? Do you expect trades to be made, or do you expect signing to be done? Either it doesn't have to be of a major variety, but what what's who do you got in the in the, the you got the trade or signing in the in the horse race here? For, for the Celtics or for the NBA? For the Celtics. For the Celtics. For this, uh, so I, I would say more likely the trade comes before the signing. Because I think if we use last year as a guide, that it's more likely that they're diligent and sort of wait out and see what the market dictates. The one thing, and I mean, again, maybe if there's a player out there that you didn't expect to be available at the mid-level, and like, okay, you call Kyle Anderson, you say, Hey, we're offering you $6.3 million. You want to come to me? It's probably a quick no, but you know, if it's not, and you're in that market and he says, yeah, I will, if we can get it done today, then yeah, splurge and use your mid-level uh, more likely than not, you're going to be going for a probably second or third cut of player. And unfortunately so much of it will be dictated by who's left available. And, and so we saw it last year with Dennis Schroeder, uh, the Celtics swooped in. Now that didn't work out. That's not a great example for Celtics fans to, to be bolstering the bench. But 
um, it is sort of the, the, the more feasible thing to me. And I think you just start with that trade exception expires uh, July 18th. And every day that passes, it gets a little bit dicier because teams can pin you against the wall. So I think it's more likely the trade comes first before the free agency. Am I crazy? Not at all. I agree with you 100%. I think it's a situation and where, yeah, like the you're getting not what's left over in free agency, but you're not going to be able to outbid anyone in free agency. So unless someone's like, okay, I would love to play in Boston for $6 million. I just don't think that that's going to come out of the gate immediately. And you have a, you're, you might not have to wait as long as you did last summer for someone to kind of see what's out there and um, say like, Oh, you know what? The Celtics are the best fit for what they're offering here, but there's no question you factor in that. And obviously the, the sense of urgency with the TPE that is waiting for, with the big one, at least with Evan, the, the $17 million one, I think certainly once things get rolling with other teams there, your opportunities with that situation probably become more clear as well in the next, honestly, even maybe before July 1st, maybe as soon as, you know, Thursday night. Follow-up question. Are we sure the Celtics even use the mid-level? This is where I was going. Listen, this is, look at this. This man, you know, writes to pod without (laughs) even knowing what's going on here. Um, Yeah, so Brad Stevens made these these comments last week. Um, After, um, you know, draft night, when I posed, it's a question being like, okay, what's, Mm -hmm. uh, how does this kind of figure into your calculus? And he's like, you know what? Like, and, and I'll say this, him taking that position publicly makes a lot of sense because you don't want to be strong-armed or bullied by a team you're negotiating with down to the buzzer in a couple of weeks, potentially, if they haven't used it before then, to say, like, okay, you know, you guys got to give us that extra second-round pick or, or Peyton Pritchard or Aaron Neesmith or whatever, or else we're not going to do this deal. And, and the Celtics do have other ways to add, and via free agency or these other smaller trade exceptions, so they can say, okay, you know what, we're good. Like, take it or leave our offer here. But Chris, I'll say this, the public posturing is fine behind closed doors. Unacceptable. Have to use that. Like, right. I mean, this is, is this just negotiation, public talking negotiation one-on-one here that we're looking at? Yeah, 100%. And the way I keep phrasing it is they've spent four second round picks now to just keep this thing sort of going (laughs) from the Hayward exception. Keep the post, keep the post alive. Yeah. I mean, so, I mean, it certainly could vaporize or they could just use a smaller chunk of it, but you can't just walk away with nothing. And I know those it's, it's, it's nothing to obsess about whatever the 51st, 56 pick, whatever it would have been, but you can't just like, these are assets. And especially when your payroll is bloated, you need to use every available option. Now I will say as much as we were, you, you thought I was on the same line. I was saying, I don't know if they're going to use the bid level. I think mm. that if they, especially if they use the traded player exception, now you're, you know, super committed salary-wise, especially if they use the majority of it. And so my thinking is, unless they move Tice, then I wonder if they're less likely because I think the bill gets big in a hurry and all of a sudden, Celtics ownership has been willing to spend, but not quite to the Steve Ballmer, uh, Golden State <laughs> limits. And so uh, it would actually be nice if Steve Ballmer would trade us one of his $14 million players or something sure. less than that, or, or let Hartenstein come. I mean... There's, there's no possibilities, endless possibilities with they, it, but they, they're just at this point they're just like being, being hoarders with their, with their, with their talent out there, and so that's quite a luxury to have. I don't think the Celtics have quite the same luxury, and in a way, I don't want them to have that luxury because we've seen when rot rosters are overcrowded with talent and there's not playing time for anybody. So 
I'd rather they take one good swing of the bat and maybe keep that mid-level exception in their pocket than to just splurge because you feel like, oh, crap, our bench wasn't good in the finals. We need to make some overreactions right now. Yeah, I, I wrote the other day that the uh, – well, I, I wrote about just a comparison like you brought up with the Clippers there in terms of how deep they are and like bringing back the 2018-19 Celtics mm-hmm. vibes for that. And that the, the roster the Clippers have right now makes that Celtics 2018-19 team look like shallow <laughs> based on – like you have, you have like Terrence Mann as like your 11th man. Um, and just the wings are – yeah. So you would, you would certainly think that they – there could be some chip to fall there, but maybe it's, Hey, Kawhi Leonard and Paul George do not yeah. have good injury track record. So we're going to hold on to this step for now. And then if we want to pawn someone off during the season, we can do that too. So there's, there's no guarantees there. And they're, they're certainly not going to like give those guys away outright. Like, you know, for, especially if it's someone like who's, who's solid, like a Luke Kennard or, or Norm mm-hmm. Powell, but that, I mean, that's certainly a team to, to keep an eye on this week, but yeah, the, the mid-level thing you bring up is, is, is interesting though from a standpoint of right. Like if they, if they take a big swing with this TPE, then things can get a little cost in a hurry. Are you of the mind of, would you want to give up assets to get out, get off a of Tice mm-hmm. and then, you know, take that swing with it mid-level and kind of, you know, push more of your chips all in for the now, or is that a listen? Like we can probably address these other needs with little or amounts in free agency and maybe other trades and, and keep that in our back pocket or, for flex in, in season flexibility, it pr- probably comes down to cost. So if you are very bullish on what you're acquiring with the TPE, and there's always a chance, right? You're going to have to give up more assets with that. So you're, you're limited in what you can give out. But if you're telling me you can sign a third string center, like a seven foot bruiser, I keep using the Aaron Baines comparison. And that's probably, you know, he's probably a higher level than what you'd be able to get with the Dwayne Dedmans and Robin Lopez's of the world. But if you could fill that with a minimum or a, or a slice of the mid-level, uh, then maybe I'm okay with, with you know, splurging a bit to, uh, to get off Tice. And because it's just, at that point, it's just redundant. And you got what you needed. You, you know, you had to back up uh, the, the, the depth this past season. I just don't know how much of a role he's going to play. And again, that, that depends. That means with the TP, they're probably getting a four. And now you have some versatility behind Al, you got Rob, whoever you bring in is third string center, Grant's in that mix. I just don't see where Tice is getting big minutes on a seven and a half man rotation. So I guess it all depends on how it all trickles down. But I can see I can certainly see avenues where spending to get off Tice um, to keep the luxury tax bill low is advantageous as long as it's not a prohibitive amount of, of assets going on. Yeah, like I wouldn't. Would you I'm like, not giving you, up a first to get no, off. Exactly. Tice. You give up, give yeah. up two seconds to get off Tice, something like that. Right. I feel like that that is reasonable. Um, and maybe you get something back. You know, maybe like you're you're trading a player for player there. So you're not getting you're getting right. back someone who's or, maybe also overpaid, but also could be or, useful. Or pay give, give cash. You can send out six million in sure. cash yeah. at the start of every league year. So maybe you're paying off half his salary and then taking back four million in bad cash. And all of a sudden right. you're that now again. Every million you save on your books is really more like two and a half million or whatever the crazy right. number is. So uh, I think that's just the balance that they're going to have to strike. Yeah, I mean, look at the, the look at the Knicks last night with this uh, New Orleans Noel Alberts two second round picks, and apparently they threw in six million dollars in that deal. <laughs> so it's like so that that's that's the Pistons taking the role of the Celtics in like whatever it was 2014, 2015, where they're yeah. like, yeah, we got we got cap room and you want to throw us some some cash and some 
some so, extra picks so, so, you, so you report you reported it uh, are you surprised the celtics weren't more interested in alec burks no yeah so they from what i heard they had a chance that they, they, it was offered and honestly this isn't a like i imagine alec burks was probably offered offered to half the league sure so this is but yeah but the Celtics were in a, a unique position where they could take that that contract in now and i don't from my understanding is that like they don't like not like burks it's more of like can we do better than Burks? Right. And we don't want to, we don't want to close doors now mm-hmm. for Burks coming off an injury who, you know, is he going to be playing a lot in the postseason? Eh, like if he's having a good year, but like, honestly, probably not. Um, so that's, and, and the Knicks, obviously we're in a situation where we want cap. We want to get the greatest player on the planet, Jalen Brunson, like signed by, <laughs> July first, and so we really Brunson here. What's going on? Is, is is isn't this the best case scenario for the Celtics? The <laughs> Knicks' continued ineptitude will ensure that there's not another player in the the East mix. Like they might be okay. What like the sixth seed in a good Eastern Conference? Um, but yeah, it's like just, good good uh, luck, good luck putting all that pressure on poor Jalen Brunson to be uh, your superstar, a uh, hundred plus million dollars. Him and Randall, man, well, that, what a wild situation to, for the Knicks to, to sort of bank on. But there are guys that Tibbs loves, and evidently, you know, that's his plan. I mean, I like Jalen Brunson. I just don't like blowing, you know, giving up a lot of other assets to go sign oh, yeah. into a bigger contract than you need, than he probably deserves. But um, like you said, good, like Celtics, one last thing for them to worry about in terms of uh, unbelievable Eastern <laughs> Like this, like the Knicks offseason last. Think about the Knicks offseason last year for a second, though, too. Like, oh my! How much of a disaster is that at this point? <laughs> like, I mean, thank goodness for the Lakers, or else there would be so much more pressure on the Knicks. But uh, I do enjoy every time turning on ESPN and seeing like <laughs> Spike Lee was just randomly sitting in a car lamenting the status of the Knicks to Stephen A. Smith, and I'm like, this is amazing. Like they just were, they, they they were so despondent they needed to call each other from from vehicles and film a Zoom segment. So. Uh, yeah, that's that that is the Knicks fans uh in a nutshell right now uh, I want to flip it on you because obviously people have been asking me all week since we started with TPE do you have a wish list like what's your because one I want to I'm like truly interested and two I, those are the persons that will be immediately jinxed yeah. by this by this <laughs> and they will and they will be traded somewhere before night's end so uh let me put some pressure on you yeah so you know let's let's We'll start with Contavious Caldwell Pope, and, <laughs> and then we'll go to Alec Burks. Yeah. Um, no. So, like, in terms of there's there's pie in the sky guys, like the the OG Ananobis of the world, which I think are just not are no. off the table because, like, even like those guys are you're not those teams are not going to take. I mean, the Spurs might obviously take you know if they deal Murray somewhere. And are looking for just a boatload of first round picks, but they can probably get better first round picks yes. than what the Celtics are supposed to offer here. So for me, I'm intrigued um, by a couple guys. Herder, who I think we may have talked about mm-hmm. a couple weeks ago. I just yep. think that's that's the type of guy like uh, him, a canard, or even an Orm Powell. I think guys that are proven shooters that can run a you know, that can be the lead scorer in a second team offense but also be like a great like fourth or fifth scoring option in crunch time. Yeah. I think it's ideal for what the Celtics should be wanting to put together here. Cause I think they were clearly short of that guy in big spots this postseason at times. And, and I'm with you. I like Herder has been at the top of my list probably since we started this exercise in part, because I think the Hawks are the sort of team that should 
desire to get off money. And some of that will depend on what happens with John Collins. And again, maybe that's why you're just in wait and see mode until like dominoes start falling across the league. But there's a guy who's got size, who can obviously shoot the ball, who isn't quite the defensive liability that the Duncan Robinsons and even the Canards of the world probably are. So I'm, I'm a, and, and I'm not saying he's like a good defender. I'm just saying he's a little bit more towards average than those other guys. And so I think I'm okay with, 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 with that and, and pursuing him. I get the Canard stuff. And again, it's invariable that we'll look at the Clippers and say they got to move somebody. Um, so it's just who they want to get rid of him. Can't see it being Powell after you know just just finally no, getting the I'd be surprised there too. So, so and, and, and so the big exercise I keep doing is as I look around from there, you know, and there'll be surprise names that come available, and some teams will go in a different direction, and maybe that opens up avenues, or maybe some team publicly, you know, makes it known that they want to cut salary, and so the the cost is less prohibitive. I just I have a hard time finding that player and finding the player that's better than than what you've got, and now that's banking, that's looking at our at the Celtic bench and saying they're playing to their potential or playing better, certainly, than they did in the finals. But I, I don't know. Like, you know, I see a lot of people suggest point guards and shooting guards, and I'm like, you already got a little bit of redundancy there. Wouldn't you rather just let Peyton Pritchard figure out what you got? And, you know, you go look at turnover rate. Who had the, one of the lowest turnover rates in the league was Peyton Pritchard. Uh, Derek White should be better after a year in this, this system. Grant Williams should improve. Aaron Neesmith may or may not go to summer league, and I have no idea what's going to happen with that. But at least – Grant Williams is a, 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 a little case study and you can improve after a disastrous year two and come back in year three. So uh, maybe Neesmith pans out more than I'm, I'm giving him credit for right now. Yeah. And that's always, you know, something to think about in the back part, but I, I, you're at a team point now, if you're Brad Stevens in the front office, like you can't count on that. Like if that happens, sure. like great, but you have to have uh, an acceptable alternative for that. Cause you just, just look at the finals, Chris. You're like, okay, yeah. this team playing a bunch of, you know, talented wings, the Warriors, like the Celtics didn't have a wing they could play off their bench. And it worked for a bunch of matchups earlier in the postseason because, you know, the, the Bucks didn't have a bunch of good wings and the Heat, you know, couldn't score or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, against the Warriors team, like that ended up really coming back to bite because you had either undersized guys that were taken advantage of in switches or you had – Grant Williams, who couldn't stop fouling everyone when he was on the court. So having I convinced there, I convinced my I convinced myself yesterday that I would take ten minutes of West, West Matthews defense, right? And you know, like so that I mean that tells you a little bit of something. And I and again, I think that's the balance the team has to strike. One of their glaring needs beyond the Al Horford succession plan, which I think should be number one, and certainly like you always want as much shooting as possible and ball security is good, but somewhere in the middle there is just like you said. They had nobody, nobody they could consistently lean on to go give five to 10 minutes of quality wing defense. And part of me says, you know, could Neesmith do that with enough time? I'm, I'm not bullish on it going into the year, but if they'd actually invest in him, you know, maybe it could. And if you're not, if you're not willing to invest in him, then just go get somebody who will take, even if it's a slice of the MLE and be that guy. And while I don't expect Wes Matthews to be coming in here and firing bows and arrows all the time, I do wonder if he can give you 10 good minutes of, of defense a night. And that's probably more valuable to me than necessarily the guy who shoots 38% from the corner, but can't de- defend a lick. Yeah. And so I do, do you feel like though, from like the, the guys you were like Wes Matthews types, the guys, it's almost like maybe they need to hit free agency first to figure mm-hmm. out, okay, what, what can we fill? What need can we fill during free agency? Okay, and then we figure out how to use the trade exception. 
rather than vice. I mean, obviously, if you if you have a good enough bite in the trade exception where you're like, okay, this is this is obviously yeah. the guy that can help us no matter what. Like, we're gonna just get him in here now. But I think a lot of it's like you kind of have to be informed in terms of both sides of the equation there, and that may help you better utilize your options rather than being proactive and doing something that helps on paper, but then limits what you have to do and what other needs you have you need to fill. I, I wonder if we'll know if if the Celtics aren't linked. And, and unfortunately, like NBA reporting is shoddy at best. So we'll, we won't know if they're truly it's rock solid. I don't know what you're talking about. I uh, have, yeah. but you know, if, if they're linked to a whole bunch of players at the start of free agency, but they just don't have the revenue to, to you know, to lure them away from teams with the big tax, uh, with the, the non-taxpayer mid-level, then maybe we know they're, they're hunting that first and kind of keeping, keeping options open for the TPE and, and, you know, what they need to target, um, but I, th- I think just think it feels like it's got to be more vice versa. It feels like it's got to be TP first and then fill the cracks with the mid-level where you don't have to use it all. You could use a smaller slice. It's probably easier to fill cracks that route. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm interested to see. I'm, I'm bracing myself for a very quiet start for the Celtics. But Brad Stevens is a known do-your-work-early type of guy. Yes. And so uh, I, I sneaky wonder if they've got somebody or somebody's in mind that they're they're looking to pounce on that maybe they have an inkling they have a shot at it's gonna be like three trades in a row like right boom like it's okay okay this we're gonna trade a bench piece we're gonna do a tpe and then we're gonna clear out some salary i feel like it's gonna be to your point in terms of like getting stuff done i feel like there'll be a order of operations here when things start happening that kind of gets all their ducks in a row from, from that. As, as, as long as they're not making moves in mid July so that we can have some sort of <laughs> friggin break from basketball. I'm all for it. I mean, summer league is the drop dead deadline, and, <laughs> but it is though, but it's great. July it is. 18th, this is like a dream for us. It's like, okay, you have, they have to do this or else it goes away. And here's my other question. Ooh, for true. Now. With this team, say all these teams, with decent guys for the TP, whether it's the Hawks or the Clippers, or we can go down, we'll do a rapid fire, fun, random Ooh. names that fit in the TP at the end here. Say those guys, it's like, uh, like giving up a first for these guys are just like more than a first. Mm-hmm. Like the, the ass is just too much to, to, for it to make sense when you factor in the salary exchange. What do you do with the TP in that situation? Knowing that like you obviously want to use it as an asset. Do you, take a bad deal and get a pick with it do you just try to get an expiring just to have the expired to keep as a placeholder like what is the actual best usage of that to to keep the pulse of the tp the gordon hayward tpe alive here for for another for another year gordon hayward's going to be out of the league and we're going to be talking about the tpe that's he spawned from it's until he's traded back into it and can yeah, Evan exactly. Fournier be traded back into the TPE? Yeah. Oh, a my God. Talk, 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 I talk about mind-numbing. Um, so, yeah, that's a great question. I, I would think you would at the very least want – I don't think you use the full thing just to have a dumpable contract because you get a $5 million guy that can be packaged with Tice and an asset, you know, if you didn't have to give up much of anything else. Like, maybe that makes sense. But, you know, who's, who's looking to dump $5 million of, like, and get someone serviceable? So – I certainly hope that it doesn't just vaporize, but they will have to get creative. I wonder if they'd start looking at third team and any number of deals out there, just trying to play facilitator and get something out of it, whether it's draft picks or 
just like you said, taking on a contract that's an expiring. Um, you just don't want to tie your hands with salary when you're starting to worry about the number um, and the luxury tax and all that. So, yeah, but if, but if, if, if the prices are just too prohibitive, which I don't I, like my general sense has been based on the moves we've seen so far. I mean, Derek White looks like a pre, it was pretty costly compared to what we've seen early in this offseason. And yet, you know, who knows? Free agency gets weird and teams start spending crazy stuff. So uh, I need to see it start to play out before I before I have a better grasp on exactly what the Celtics uh, need to do in panic mode. All right. We're going to go through, I'm going to run to Chris through a little speed round of TP All right. potential guys. But first we're going to hear from our sponsor. Ooh, at Bet Online. Continue to be the number one sport source for all your betting needs and sports info. You can find all the latest odds, news, sports developments, including, you know, NBA free agency odds, next season's futures, major league baseball, the latest fighting news, and even next year's NFL futures. So Bet Online is your continued source for all your wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more, head on over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up and receive your 50% welcome bonus on that first deposit. Use the promo code CLNS50 to get to the bonus and get into the action. Bet online where the game starts. All right, Forsberg, we've had a lot of the popular names, a lot of the, the dream pie in the sky names here. Mm-hmm. I'm going to get to some, like, I don't know if they're meh names, but names that are worth maybe a conversation. All right, I can conceivably be available here. So what's what's going to go through and go five names? We're going to do it quick. Number one, Kyle Kuzma. I'm surprisingly warm to it. it it's uh, but I, what is Washington doing after today's trade? Are they just are they trying to put together like a sneaky okay team that could be something if Bradley Beal and KP and all them pan out? So uh, I would suspect the price would be too high. Um, on the surface, unless they're plotting something else to help Bradley Beal not want to flee to Boston. Yeah, I agree with you there. That's a situation where uh, you know, the Nuggets today and the Wizards had a four-player trade. Um, Monty Morris and um, Will Barton going to the Wizards, KCP and Ishmith going back to the Nuggets. I, like you said, I think that's a, that's a move that makes the Wizards better because I like Morris a lot and and Barton and Calder Port, like, I mean, Caldwell Pope's probably better, but not by much. Certainly not enough to, to give it more. So Denver's trying to dump some money there. The Wizards are saying, okay, we're trying to get better around Beal. So if Kuzma, I don't know, like maybe if they're just trying to like, you probably have to involve like a Grant Williams or something like that in there maybe Ooh, to like make that work. And that's kind of a, like, I'm not sure what yeah. that does for you there. Cause he make, I mean, Kyle Kuzma's not $10 million better than Grant Williams. So exactly. like, but I agree with you. I think that, Something to look at, but my guess is the price is probably too high from the Celtics' perspective. Um, this guy, I don't think you're gonna have to give it much for. Um, but I don't know, but I I don't know what the reaction is if they if they just settle for a guy like this, Kelly Oubre, one point six million dollars expiring deal with Charlotte. Interesting. Um, so, what is Charlotte's plan? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> they brought back their so- own coach, so maybe they're gonna start. <laughs> <laughs> and then they're realizing Kem- the score and Hayward contract might have been a mistake. I don't know. Resigning Kemba to go with Steve Clifford and letting him be a bench spot. Right I don't back know. To yeah. Where's Big Al? <laughs> I'm all for it. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm intrigued if it was a possibility, um, especially if it wasn't a uh, costly one. Um, 
Celtics would have the best eyes in the league with Ubre and Al Horford. So um, <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. I, I would say on, on the surface, it's one that I'm surprised it hasn't come up more. I've someone finally asked me that the other day and it kind of threw me for a loop. Um, but yeah, it sort of fits the profile, right. Of, 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 a of a well-rounded guy that could, could give you some, some wing minutes and such. So uh, I'm not, I'm not against it. I just know if I need to know what Charlotte's doing before I can entertain. I'll, I'll throw this one too. Uh, I was doing this, the Celtics Red podcast yesterday and Wayne Spooney, one of their, one of my favorite, uh, he's, he's, he's got a good, good mind for this stuff. Very danger cart like in, in how he looks at things. He threw out PJ Washington as sort of the Al Horford secession plan. And he's still on his rookie contract. There's no like, reason for charlotte to trade them trade him other than it's charlotte and i have no clue what they're doing and they just drafted a big man and so um i do think it's a team you call and maybe try to gauge but i don't know if you're going to have any answers yeah no that's that's a good idea in theory like they, they should definitely make calls like that where you can get a any player on under team control and you know maybe empty out some first round picks for them Exactly. But at the same time, it's like, A, you got to be right about that guy if you're going to do, like, empty mm-hmm. out the pick covered, and B, yeah, like, what's Charlotte's plan? Like, why, what's their incentive to do that unless they decide they don't want to pay this guy um, his next contract? So, um, yeah, that's an interesting one. That's a interesting one by Wayne there. Um, all right. A couple more here. This guy has been brought up forever at the trade deadline. Never, ever moves. <laughs> Perpetually brought up at the trade deadline. I'll see if you can guess him. He plays in Florida for a bad team. Terrence uh, Ross? Terrence Ross. Nailed it. 11.5. Uh, I just feel like he's going to go back to Orlando. And make it uh, uh, again, does Orlando have any need for Terrence Ross at this point? Uh, I would say I would not give up anything beyond salary cap relief for Terrence Ross, even though he, he what, did he still have two years left? Like Just one, one year left, had... last year. This is the last okay. year. Oh, wow. We've been talking about Terrence Ross so long that it feels like <laughs> when it started, he had maybe five years. I think he signed a max, max bench contract or something because it felt like he always had a billion years left. I'd think about it. Um, is he, I mean, he's, he, it's so funny. I go back to it. So I, my, my first question I keep asking myself, is he better than what you've got? Is he better than Aaron Neesmith? Yes, right now. Should Aaron Neesmith be Terrence Ross at some point? Maybe. I'd be ideal. I, but, so, I, I don't know. I'm, so, I'm, I'm a yes if it costs nothing, besides yeah. taking on his money. Yes. And so, it is like, you look, you look at guys like this on teams like Orlando, and you're like, as they come to the end of the deal, and it's like, what, what, is, what, what is the purpose of them being kept here? Like, how, how are these teams operating? Why would you not try to – it's like, if he's not dealt this offseason, like, I feel like Orlando's – the, the rationale there makes absolutely no sense, but didn't, didn't his numbers dip last year too? Yeah. He wasn't very good last year. Like I I'll, I'll pull him up here, but he certainly, you know, he suddenly is, he's definitely gone to a point. Yeah. I mean, he shot 29% for three. I didn't realize it was that bad. Wolf. So yeah, that's certainly a, a con like him and Ubre to me are, are deals where it's like, you take them out, you take that on July 17th if there's nothing else out there like that's like, like end of the barrel type of like better than better than not better than not using the trade exception at least you have a contract to move down the line certainly not giving up anything of value for them and even for ross like that might just be something where it's like yeah what else are you gonna what else are you gonna take to take on that contract yeah and i, I like the idea of an expiring just like you said even if you take it on you don't have an, a secondary move it's off the books next year you, you you're not right. that you need space 
but at least you're not encumbered multiple years into the future. Correct. Um, all right. Last one here. Um, we'll just do, should I just call this the former Celtics round? We'll just, you can pick, pick your favorite, pick, pick your favorite former Celtic to take back into the TPE. Would it be Evan Jay Fournier, Crowder. Jay Crowder, <laughs> Kelly Olenek? Um, I'll keep going down this list here, but yeah, we'll, we'll start with those three. I'm sure there's like three other former Celtics on here that could conceive. Uh, Marcus Morris, Marcus Morris could do all it. Right. Um, he fits. Yeah. So who's, who's your pick and who's your pick out of those four? Uh, Jake, probably Jay Crowder, but I don't see the reason Phoenix moves him. Like they're still in the mix and I feel like, um, I don't, I don't see that. I mean, I can't, I haven't, I want to convince myself on Kelly Olenek. I have not been able to. So, um, and everybody else, can I, can, I mean, I don't know if you saw my, my I, I threw it in there jokingly, and it's not a TPE guy, it's a, it's a mid-level guy. But um, do you call Real Madrid, Real Madrid, about Gershon and getting him out of that, getting him out of that deal? He's winning the titles, correct? <laughs> winning, winning Olympic medals, and um, I'm telling you, if, if, I wish he had been as motivated as he is now when he was here because I really think he could help this team. Um, and there, it's not happening because he, he literally just came off the Celtics books. He literally just signed a three-year deal with Real Madrid. And if you can't even get Jan Madar to come over, I'm not sure you're going to get Dancing Bear to, to leave whatever great money he's making overseas. But um, if, you, uh, if you have a stretch four out there that can, can – uh, um, maybe an Alfred plan, please uh, send a link in. Um, all right, let's wrap on – a couple of things. One, I want to get your quick take on the Jalen Brown, Kevin Durant drama wow. this week, which you had to talk about a lot um, <laughs> at 1230 a.m. Yeah. After the burn an hour and a half of uh, draft night on the air until that pick finally came through here. But to me, it's it's hilarious to me that this is a scenario that had to come up for like a week that would never, ever have come up otherwise for probably anyone else outside of of Kevin Durant, given the Kyrie yeah. drama. And now I don't know if it has any kind of lasting impact with Jalen. Cause it's like it's clearly not coming from the Celtics, but like you wonder if anything like that factors into did, is this something you worry about all long-term in terms of like, Oh man, these like, they just don't appreciate me here or whatever. Sure. I mean, it, it's, it's somewhat real to bring it full circle in this with and bring up two players. We've already talked about the whole Jay Crowder Gordon oh, yeah. Hayward thing, right. Sure. You know, where Jay felt, clearly disrespected when Celtics fans were cheering Gordon Hayward. And so it certainly factors in. Now, the difference is that at some point down the road, the Boston Celtics were able to say, here's a max contract, Jalen Brown, you cool with staying? And it's like, yeah, I'm cool with staying. And so I don't think it'll have any big ramifications. Um, Selfishly, I hope that, you know, in these instances that the players use it as motivation and find it the way to harness it in a good way. But certainly – um, it's, it's just been a weird week in terms of, like, I didn't understand it to begin with. And I, like, I kept trying to, and I get it. It's Durant. I kept trying to wrap my head around it, but, um, just never seemed real. And I think people get so caught up in these fake trades when they're like Jalen for Durant. And it's, it's never going to work like that. Like, you know, it's got, it would, it, the money doesn't work like that. It's $16 million off. So, um, I just, I just couldn't get too far down the road on it. And now. Uh, it'll certainly be something 
he'll eventually be asked about. And we'll see what his, his reaction will tell us a little something about how it festers. Um, I do think he should take it as a great compliment that he was potentially in a discussion for a player of Durant's status, but certainly you also use it as, oh, come on, when will Boston fans appreciate me? And I, I keep saying it like this, and tell me if I'm wrong. Uh, if Jason Tatum, if Jalen Brown had had the postseason that Jason Tatum did, we'd spend weeks here kind of crushing him and saying like, oh, you know, Jalen just isn't that guy. He's not a top 25 guy. And not that we give like Tatum a pass, but we it's because he he did show so much growth this year. And he, he's clearly such a superstar that we kind of shrug it off and say, yeah, ran out of gas at the finish line. But I don't think we spend enough time focusing on how much better Jalen's gotten and sort of when he has those good moments. And so maybe that's just on us as, as reporters and people who scream about things on podcasts, TV shows uh, to just be a little bit better about uh, appreciating it. But, you know, being a trade conversation with Kevin Durant is pretty good. Right. It is. It's one of the things like, okay, like how offended are you going to be by this? But also at the same time, it's like, yeah, we just, I was pretty important in sweeping that guy, you know, um, a couple months ago. So, and I'm 10 years younger and yeah, I, I, I definitely see both sides of it. So that is, again, I, it's, it's just funny to me that this, this doesn't even come, like this randomly comes up because of Kyrie Irving. We got nothing else like, to do. Yeah. We got nothing else. And so that like fills the void for, for a few days and will go away. And, but uh, whether we leave the lasting mark or not, well, I guess we'll find out. But I spent the, the first, the first half of last week uh, defending Marcus Smart against all of his haters um you've been busy you've been busy the last week i've been i mean man like i i try not to come off as like a total green teamer but oh my god like i had to defend the fourth this week do people realize they had the best starting five in the nba last season (laughs) i'm i just i digress it's uh it is what it is it's uh i get it we have a lot of time to to talk about these things and um you know, I kept telling our football guys who were very adamant that they might they might actually trade. I guess I shouldn't say that. Tom Curran, who who is the, as critical of 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 Jalen Brown as possible, was was on the side of you know probably better to to just ride it with this core. I think sometimes I think that's the bigger message, right? Let's just appreciate what we have uh, instead of worrying obsessively about how that we can get you know incrementally better uh, in in various stages and and just appreciate that the Celtics are in uh, in a pretty good spot and both with the finals run and just the roster going forward yeah i think that perspective chris is what's really important here and it is this team this is they didn't win at all but it's pretty close to a dream scenario last season from a standpoint of like the the growth that those guys showed and whether it was smart brown tatum and you have them all locked up here and you have the ability to add without taking any big pieces away so it's a situation where with Brad Stevens and the rest of this front office and Ime Adoka, like they're probably not going to want to rock the boat too much here. Like if, mm-hmm. will they make a swing for a, a big upgrade if they can, if it takes away a bench piece or two, absolutely. But uh, a bigger shakeup beyond that, I think is, is highly unlikely given the value they place on continuity and you know what this group showed. I'm with you. I'm with you. I just like, so, be better selfish. Now I was just saying be better selfish fans, but it's such a small, small portion of, 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 of the mass that gets overworked up about this stuff. I think most have a good grasp on, on how fortunate we are to be watching what we are. So, you know, stay normal. Most normal selfish fans. All right. We are going to wrap this thing up before it all becomes totally out of date. with uh, <laughs> The trades of half people we talked about, but 
Did we, you, we, wait, wait, wait. We, we didn't do a whole lot of mid-level. I just want one. I oh, mid-level. Two, okay. Two All names. Right. Two names. Two names for mid-level. Give me... Ooh. I don't I kind of think... I mean, he's been brought up already. I think you can make a pretty compelling case for Batum. If with the trades, the Clippers... Have, I mean, who knows? He's in love with LA, and they can pay him, obviously, a little bit more than you can. But you could at least... Get Amy Adoka in there on the front mm-hmm. line to, I think, having him as a weapon here. But, like, listen, you could play with, you know, 11 other guys that are going to be fighting for minutes with you, and you might end up playing, like, five minutes a game. Or you can come here to the East and not have to go through the Warriors, and you can play off the bench a lot with two of the upcoming stars in the league. I, I don't think that works, but I think that's, like, pie-in-the-sky, like, perfect-type defensive guy who can hit threes that you should be shooting for the stars for once free agency starts. The the only one that, and so I don't think it's feasible and I think he has to kind of chase some money. Um, so what if you had email call Kyle Anderson, who they do have yeah, a relationship with San Antonio. Mine too. Kyle Anderson, same, same you situation. Say, it's right. And you say, Hey, look, uh, can't pay you a whole lot the next two years, but you're our Al Horford secession plan. You're going to play a ton of minutes because we don't want to play Al more than 20 minutes a game. And yet that'll be a lie and he'll play 35. Um, and, you know, just that you pitch on your role here is going to grow and we're going to pay you further down the, ro- the, the, the line. And you're going to be with a bunch of people, you know, who trust you, who developed you and you get reunited with the Derek Whites of the world and uh, come, come make this a, 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 a former Spurs party. 100%. I, think, I still don't think it's. I still don't think it's. No, he says go. But here's here's the good news on that front, though. Like in that line of thing, there really aren't a lot of teams that can pay the, those type of guys. Even Kyle Anderson, sure. like if he's looking, he can get the full mid level somewhere. But the full mid level is not a ton more than the taxpayer mid level, and so he's coming off like he's coming off his second contract. He got like you know he's still looking to get paid, but he's he's not like looking for that first big payday, so. It might be a situation here where you know you look at what like Otto Porter Jr. did with the Warriors last year, and you say, okay, mm-hmm. come here for like. I mean, he literally came there for nothing. Like the, this is the Celtics are going to be getting paying a guy like Anderson a lot more than that, but it can you win and you rebuild value, so you dump jump back into the free agency, you, you know, pool next year when you, whether you want to get paid by us or other teams, like they can at least make that case. To guys like they'd have to do, they'd have to do two years though right because they need to get rights to yeah they need to get, yeah you're not gonna them. right like you're not gonna get them you can even maybe give them the player option for a year two and say okay if you want to go get paid by someone else after year one that we can't give you like by all means like we're not gonna stop you from that but like what rebuild your value here what what if what if and i'm like these are just i'm thinking out loud about whatever the next bad article i'll write is um because i haven't crunched the numbers how prohibitive crazy would it be if they gave them the full mid-level any chance they could stay under the apron for for who for for the kyle so if they gave oh, for anderson. anderson oh that's a good Ooh, i want to say like just, you just probably, first, yeah if you probably get up your tpe like being able to use that i think right. if, you, if you do but that. if you, you could get him wouldn't you I, be, yeah no that's a like you get him for something for for more money you move Tice in a separate deal to like clear out that space. And then mm-hmm. you fill out the rest of your raw. Like you make the math. I, I haven't crunched that. That's a good article. If you want to write that. So, article, all right, write that, that article. I'm actually, as soon as we, as soon as we hang up, because I haven't, someone asked me yesterday, they said, 
give me something creative that gets the Celtics the player they need with that we're not thinking of. And I said, you know, I racked my brain. I said, I kept trying to think of like jumping in on third teams and like all these different avenues. I still think it's, it would be tight. I think it's pretty, I think it's going to be real. I'm looking at the numbers now. I think it'd be real. I think it'd be real tight with Alice, so with Alice contracts involved. And, like, and, and right. So I, I might just be like, I, it might, they just might be over the apron and, and no, no chance. Um, let's let's call Darren. Can we want to yeah. want to third third, third. speaker? I'm, I'm, I'm sure I'm sure he'll he'll give us give us that information. But I, you know, I'm, I'm just saying. I, so because like the other alternative would be have Memphis sign him, and then sign, like sign and trade. But then you're hard capped again. So right. maybe you could get him less than ten, but still not. Or I guess you wouldn't have to give him the full. I guess you could find the sweet spot without having to. Either way, you have to stay on the apron, and uh, I don't have any means it, as of right now. I got to go crunch numbers, but yeah, you probably have to move ties, which means giving up a pick. But is that a path of less resistance to get the guy that you're you're most high on? So, it should be. Just, I mean, it should be explored. It's going to be. It will be tough to pull off and fit the rest of the because you have to do roster holds and crap like that, right? Too, so that makes it like challenging, but. It's certainly something they can explore if they, like you said, they find if a guy like an Anderson type that will sign for the right price, um, and the other TPE options are just aren't that appealing. Um, you're, you're hit, and the last thing I'd say is you're handcuffing yourself at midseason if if someone gets hurt or yes. you need to yep. to like you know someone someone bigger becomes available like it gets really hard to make those trades. So um, you know certainly some downside, but I I just think this is how they have to think in terms of like what's next. And, um, you know, that's just, that's, that's where I'm at with it. But and now I'm, I'm starting to think about the numbers. It, it might be, I might be like, it's, I you might have to blow up too much. Cool. It's like, it's just, I think you just have to blow It might, it's like going to be more than Tice. You'd probably have to move out. So you're going to move out like, mm. like Grant or Neesmith. It's like, I would want, I'd probably want more than Anderson in that scenario to like, like, I think Fair. that's stuff they should explore, but like, give me Anderson and then another guy coming in. And then that like can help you. And then that might at a, at a lower cost and then that fits. But I like, that's the kind of stuff though, that they have and will be throwing around. Cause there are a thousand different angles. You can take this in terms of like, okay, do we use it now? Do we use it later? Like what, how can we get the free agent in the door? Like, do we want to use the mid-level for just a guy who could leave after one year? Is, or we yeah. want to prioritize the mid-level to getting a guy who's at least locked in now so we don't have to address that again in free agency which i feel like next year which i feel like was a recurring issue with these like two-year deals of a player option they gave out you know in the uh like post 2018 years so it's it's gonna be fascinating to see how they kind of approach all that in the in the next couple weeks here but that'll do it for us here chris forsberg nbc sports boston he will be breaking things down on Thursday night on the air as well mm. as on the Southern Stock Pod and writing and the a thousand other things he does for them. <laughs> like the most versatile man in the business. Um, we appreciate you hopping on and rate, review, subscribe to the Winning Players Pod. We'll be back when things happen. Trade, free agent signing. We'll be back here later this week to break it Probably all Probably the next hour. Yeah, right. So exactly. We're finishing this at Wednesday afternoon. So talk to you guys probably at in one more hour from here. But in the meantime, thanks for listening. We'll talk to you guys later this week.